The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. this morning. I am so glad you are all here. This was amazing. Oh my goodness. Okay, everybody take a deep breath. That was just, that was life-changing. Thank you so much for the worship, you guys. I know how much work that is. So thank you, worship team. Thank you. All right, really quick, I just want to give a couple announcements. First, is our blue boxes in the back. We don't pass a bucket right now because of COVID and all of that kind of good stuff. So we have a bucket back there in the back, our little blue boxes. If you want to give to the beach, there's a blue box back there. And if you are technical, then we have um, ways to give that involve phones and apps and computers and websites and all kinds of good ways to do it. So the thing is right behind me. You can see it all right there. And you can give that way. Other announcements. Um, we have we have the next slide. I have it on my phone if it doesn't come up. We have community groups at 6.30. You can check the app for the host homes. We have Grow Zone on Wednesdays here at the church. That is entrepreneurial workshops that my husband leads. They are amazing. Pastor Andy does an amazing job at that. That is here. Also on Wednesdays is open prayer from 11 to 1. You can come here in the sanctuary, just unplug from everything, turn your phone off, and come and pray. Uh, ladies Coffee has started back up, and we meet every other Wednesday night when youth group is happening at 7 p.m. here at the church. So that's not this week. Um, but it will be next week, 7 p.m. during youth group, and then every single Friday at 10 a.m. So come here every Friday at 10 or every other Wednesday when youth group is happening for ladies' coffee. So with that, Pastor Andy. All right. Awesome. Somebody told me we need to get the carpets cleaned, and I think we just did. It's awesome. Uh, isn't God good? Isn't God good? It's just incredible. You know, if you just serve God, right, you don't have to do anything fantastic and, like, overexert yourself and, like, doing some spectacular thing. Just serve God. And God brings blessing into your life. It brings goodness into your life, not just money and those kinds of things, but in wholeness, completeness, right? Completeness of your mind, of your heart, of your spirit, of all these things, and just the peace of God that surpasses understanding guards our hearts and our minds, in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us, right? And I've experienced that. I know some of you experienced that. Let's pray. We're going to jump into the word and uh, just really believe that God's going to speak to us because he helps us understand his ways. Father, please help us to hear your word today. God, we need to, Lord, know not just in our head but in our heart what it means, Lord, to follow you, God. Lord, we want to live in relationship with you, which is what we're designed for. So, Lord, we ask that you would teach us. Teach us today, Father. Help us to not only hear it, Lord, but to understand it and to know it and to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Uh, my first question today is, what's wrong with your faith? What is wrong with your 
faith, your Christian walk, your actual experience of faith. And I ask that because a lot of times when you talk to people, they're going through life and they're doing things and they're like, man, I'm trying to do all this stuff. I'm trying to follow God and I'm giving it all I got and I'm struggling still. Anybody ever feel like that? I'm struggling still. And somebody comes along and says, man, you just got to give it all you got. And you got to go all in. You just got to give it all you got. You know, one of the popular things, and, and I do believe there's some truth to it, uh, but it's not the whole truth. Uh, some of popular things is, man, you just got to give of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And you give the three T's, man, and that will do it, man. Give your time to God. Come serve in the church, right? Give your talent. Give him the abilities he gave you to serve, man. You're going to do good. And give your treasure. Put that money in the box, right? Then everything's going to work out. Right? Has anybody ever given your time, talent, treasures, and still felt in some way, like, man, what's going on? Why, why am I the one that just isn't quite getting it? Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody ever feel that way? Come on, this is not, this is not a, like I said last week, this isn't a car show, this is a garage, right? It's okay to be worked on in here. Okay, I've felt that way before, because life sometimes is a struggle. I had somebody tell me yesterday, I just want to go to heaven. Life here is hard. Well, life here can be hard. That's true. It can be. But it can also be beautiful and blessed. And sometimes even the struggle itself can be beautiful. And God can bless that. But I wonder what might be wrong with your faith if you feel that way all the time. And you struggle through different scenarios. Man, I just can't measure up. I'm trying to be the best dad. I'm trying to be the best mom. I'm trying to do this. And I just don't feel God's peace. I don't feel complete. I don't feel like I can get there. Can't measure up. Not as good as the other church people. The ones that were really nice sitting on the bench when I walked in the door. The same ones that were fighting in the car on the way here. Right? Sometimes. Never happened to us, but I've heard. Because we take two separate cars. <laughs> I mean, that's the trick, right? We never have a marriage fight. We don't ride together. We learned that a long time ago. Oh, my daughter and her husband will learn that soon enough, right? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to read you a verse. Matthew 22, 37. They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, doesn't that sound like you got to give it all you got? Doesn't it? And give it all you got. And yeah, I'm going to love you with my heart, my soul, and my mind. I woke up this morning, man, I'm determined I'm going to get that done. Okay? I've felt that way before. And maybe you're already giving God all you got. Maybe you already feel like you're doing that. Maybe you already feel like that's happening. Okay, but here's a different question. I want to phrase it to you differently. Not are you giving God all you got, but are you giving God all you are? There's a difference. There's a difference. You know, I've, I've worked with a lot of people that have come out of all kinds of different situations and addictions or anger issues or coming out of all kinds of circumstances and you talk to them and they're doing their best and they screw up, right? Just like I did coming out of everything and I screw up. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. And you say, hey, man, it's, let's, let's talk about it. Why is, that, why is that happening? Like, what's going on? I'm sorry, okay, let's move on. Right, anybody ever heard that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's move on. I'll give it all I got. I'm going to try harder. I won't do that again. Anybody ever said that? 
Okay, here's the difference. If I'm giving it all I've got, right, all my effort, I just say, you know what, I'm sorry, let's just drop it, move on, I'm going to just do better next time. So I'm going to try harder. Well, you were already trying your hardest, weren't you? So what harder are you going to pull from over here? Right? It's the same you. Here's the difference. If I can go to that person and say, hey, what's going on? And instead of trying to measure up by saying they'll do better, they just say, do you know what? I don't know, but I got a lot of rage in me. And sometimes it just explodes, and I don't even know why. Well, let's talk about that. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your heart? Well, I don't know. And you begin to get to know the person and work with them through what's going on in their heart and through their mind. And you find out that, oh, their parent died or, oh, this happened or, oh, that happened. They've gone through these different things and this, all these other things are being produced out of that, right? And so who do you do that with? Usually somebody that you're closer to, right? Why? Because you don't just give those close people all you've got. You're actually willing to open up and give them all you are. This is me. Kind of a mess. Kind of hurting. I don't have an encouraging word for you. Because I'm not encouraged. I'm going through stuff. And you're able to open up and to be able to put things out there. The same goes for dreams and ideas. Sometimes people have dreams and ideas and they're good things. But they don't open up with people about them because they don't want them to squish them, smash them down, right? If I told them, they'd say, I'm not good enough. I could never do that. I'm not smart enough. So they keep it to themselves. And they do all these things in relationship, but they never really put all they are on the table because they don't trust. They don't want to relate that way with the person. That's us as people, right? But God is the same way. We're going to look at this word. We're going to break that verse down. It says to love. Now, love, love comes from this word agapeo, and this is what it means, okay? We're looking at some biblical ideas of this. It says to love is to wish well, take pleasure in, long for, denotes the love of reason and esteem. This is like a deep love that longs for and that wants to be connected. When you're talking about that kind of love, and it says with reason, so it's even used in its mind. It's like it's all there. It's all in. That's the kind of love that's pretty intimate. Well, I do. I love God with all of my good churchness and all my good Christianness. But do you love him with all your other stuff too? Enough to really just put it out there? You know, going to prayer time, God, help me be a better dad. Lord, help me to do the right things. Lord, I want to be a good provider. Help me to do this. Help me to do that. There's a difference between that and just going and saying, God, man, it is hard to be a dad. I don't know how you do it. This is a challenge. Help me. And you just put your whole self on the table and say, Lord, I'm not even coming to you trying to, like, impress. You can see me. The Bible says man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Like, God, you already know. But I want to talk to you about it. I want to put all of me in there. And it's this full opening of who we are to God and being willing to do that in our prayer time and in our, in our walks. or in, We sit down and read the word, and it's not just jumping on and saying, oh, that'd be a good word to share with somebody. Or, oh, yeah, amen to that. But it's stopping and slowing down and saying, Lord, this doesn't look like me. It doesn't really feel like me. Help me. Change me. And we allow God to work in our heart. It's this deep love that opens up and takes pleasure in God, not just in our goods, but in our other parts. The whole self. 
is in love with him. It's an all-in of the heart. This next word, cardia, is hard. It says the effective center of our being. Like that piece in there. Not up here once it's been gone through a filter, right? Well, I'd tell you what I think, but then you wouldn't be my friend, right? <laughs> but it starts, it's here. Before it's filtered. Like who you really are. Like, Lord, I don't even know if I believe. I'm so upset. I'm so frustrated. I trusted you. I thought things were going to go well, Lord. I thought that you were going to heal my dad. I thought you were going to save my mom. I thought, Lord, that you were going to help us with this new job I was trying to get. Or, Lord, I thought all these things. And I read the verse about give, it'll come back. And I gave, and nothing came back. Like, I don't understand. Somebody let me down. Somebody hurt me. That's what's here, but a lot of times by the time it makes it up to our mind, even in prayer time, it's like, thank you, God, you're so good. Lord, you're the best. Thank you. I'm not supposed to say that. I know I'm supposed to serve. I know I'm supposed to tell you that you're awesome. But God already knows this. That's the part he wants us to, to give to him with all of our heart, with the center of our being unfiltered, unchanged. It just this is it. You know, we have well water out here. Do you know what? If the well water comes through, the hot water thing, and you turn it on, right? Who loves the smell of some good old rotten eggs? Mm. That's tasty. Unfiltered. Right? But when we get a big water filter thing out here and bring it through, it's going to smell fresh and clean and amazing. You guys have the best water. Well, not really. We filtered it. Sometimes even in our relation to others, our relation to God, right, everything goes through so many filters that by the time somebody's actually taking in what we're saying to them, it really is not very much like us at all. Not what we're really going through, not what we're really feeling, not what we're really seeing. And that doesn't mean go complain at everybody and, wow, your church is awesome. Like every time I walk in the door, everybody just dumps on me unfiltered. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about at the right time with people to live a life that's unfiltered and open to God and to other people. Just this is it. This is it. This is, who, this is where I'm going right now. This is where I'm at. And that doesn't always have to be bad. It could be good. I've seen a lot of people, they hold back the goods because they don't want to share it because they're afraid it will evaporate or something. Or they don't share it because they're afraid somebody else doesn't have it as good and they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, Right? Of all these things that I ever talk to, what's your wins? What's your wins? What's God doing? What's happening? And sometimes it's hard to just get that out of people. They finally do. They say, well, I don't want to, you know, you know, I know other people are suffering. Yeah, everybody knows other people are suffering. But does anybody know somebody's blessed and doing well? Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Right? They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what? Their testimony, speak it out. Say, man, God's doing this from the center of our being outward. It can come out if you're struggling. It can come out if you're doing well. It can just come out. God is big enough to handle that. He can do it, but that's the heart. It's the capacity of moral preference. Let's check it out. It's the desire producer that makes us tick. Our desire and decisions that establish what? Who we really are. Not who we show up and be who we are. God wants to relate to you for who you are. The whole package of who you are. And I have social anxiety and I don't really like to talk to people. Well, God knows that. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. I did, because that was me. And God said, you know what? Get out there and talk to him anyway. I said, I don't want to. He said, perfect love casts out fear. You want my love? 
It'll come in and your fear is going to go away. Just go, go put yourself. But that was relating to him on who I was, not just talking about what I should be. The psyche or the soul is all your heart, all your soul. It's the breath. It actually comes out. It's the person, check this out, distinct identity. Distinct identity. It's actually who you are, a unique personhood, an individual personality. Who you are. All of who you are. All of your weirdnesses, all of your humor, all of your stuff. You know, you ever just talk to God when you're praying or whatever, and you ever just tell a joke? Well, for have you ever done that? I do. Told God I want a Mercedes. He laughed and said, that's a joke. <laughs> okay. Drive a Sentra. But God can relate to you at every level of who you are. And that's how he wants to relate to you. He's our father. Jesus told the disciples, I no longer call you servants, but what? Friends. How many of you want friends that all they do is they come up to you and just say, hey, everything's going good, man. How are you? Boom, elbow. Praise you. You're the best. And they never actually get into it with you. Right? It never gets into anything serious. They never open up. They never, it's just always like, are those friends? No, you know friends once things have gotten deep a couple times. Right? Once you've actually worked through some stuff. Like, oh, this is a friend. God wants us to work some stuff through with him. He's okay to handle whatever's going on in your life and in your heart. He wants to touch your life that way. He wants to connect with you that way. It says with all of your mind, this is dianoia, and it says thoroughly from side to side. Now, side to side implies what? That there's two different things, right? It's being tossed back and forth, right? Otherwise, it would just be side. But it's side to side because it's the left and the right. It's moving back and forth. So when you're relating to God, talking to God, and you're all in for who you are, you're bringing both the things that you think in faith and the things that you think in fear. This is side to side. It's my whole mind. The things I think in love and the things that I'm thinking in anger. The things I'm thinking in forgiveness. God, I forgive them. And, oh, God, this person, there's no way. The whole thing. Well, I'll pray once I'm ready to forgive them. Well, good luck getting ready. It kind of needs him to get ready. It's the willingness to take it and move both sides and not run away from it. Because God's not running away from it, but sometimes we do because it makes us feel less spiritual, less religious, less perfect. I shouldn't even be dealing with anger, so I'm not even going to think about it. I shouldn't even be dealing with bitterness, so I'm just not going to think about it. Are you bitter? No. How come that person just walked in the room and you walked out the other door? How come they just called like for the 400th time this month and you won't answer? Well, I'm not bitter. I'm just putting up boundaries. Hmm. Bitterness and boundaries can be very similar. Depends on your purpose for putting them up and what they're doing. But God wants us to be able to, on both sides, God, I know you're telling me to love this person, Lord, but I don't like them. And that's a long ways from love, and I can't even get to the like. Help me. God wants us to bring everything to him and to talk and to work it through of all, all that we are. 1 Samuel 1, 13 to 16. This is a 
woman in the Bible named Hannah that wanted to have a baby, and she couldn't have a baby. She's going through all these struggles, and she would go into the church and pray, and it says she'd do this like just over and over and over again. It says, Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She's just so desperate in prayer, she can't even speak. Eli thought she was drunk, so the pastor looks over and says, she's drunk. Definitely, she's drunk. Right? Because she can't even talk. She just leaned up on the altar, just blah, 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 blah. Doesn't even know what to say. How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Anybody ever had a religious person tell you, hey, stop grieving? Hey, stop struggling. Hey, stop going to God for that. Hey, stop. Just stop. Right? He's already done it. Stop. Well, this lady, man, she's going to God. She just keeps praying and asking. And the religious person is telling her to stop. And she replies, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. Another translation says crushed of soul. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. She was bringing all of who she was to God, all of it. Not just coming into praise, but coming in to just lay before him and just be desperate. God, this is where I'm at. Mark 10, 35 to 37, these are two of Jesus' disciples, his close companions. It says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's a loaded question, right? Whatever we ask, well, what is it? Whatever we ask, just, just say yes. Right? Sounds like kids. Hey, can we go wherever we ask? Where are we asking? Just tell me if we can go. Yes. All right, we're going to Disneyland. Pack the car. All this excitement. But they want what they want. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? And they replied, let one sit on your right hand and the other on your left in glory. Now, who are they talking to? They're talking to Jesus. Why is Jesus standing there? Because he just came out of his glory. And he came down to earth in the midst of everybody's sin and in the midst of everybody's craziness to be abused and persecuted. So he left glory to come and serve. And now he's got two guys coming up and saying, hey, can we get the glory? Do you think they missed his heart? Totally missed his heart. They just came with pride, arrogance. Put us here, put us there. This is what we want. This is what we need. But that was all of who they are, and Jesus just taught them, talked to them, worked with them. He invited them in as his disciples. He didn't just throw them out because they weren't there yet. This is who they were. They were proud, arrogant people. They wanted the place of glory. And he taught them to be servants because they lived unfiltered. They just spoke to him, asked questions, said things. Peter was the guy that denied Jesus at the cross three times, denied him in his biggest moment of need. You ever been denied by somebody in their, your biggest moment of need? And they just disappointed you? They weren't there? They left? You ever done that to someone else? Well, here's what happened with Peter. After Jesus rises from the dead, he meets up with him, and he says, Simon, which is Peter, son of John, do you love me? Now, I didn't read all the verses leading up to this, but there's two verses right before this where he asked the exact same question. Do you love me? And Peter says, yes. He says, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Tells him again. This is the third time. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Wouldn't this be a little bit kind of like vindictive, right? <laughs> like you denied me three times, and I'm going to make you tell me three times. He's poking into the shame of Peter, kind of pushing on it where it hurts. 
right? He's trying to get into where? He's trying to get into all of Peter, his whole heart, his whole mind. He's trying to get him to bring it out. Peter, I don't just want you jumping back in after you did all this, jumping back in and saying, hey, I'm sorry, let's move on. I'll never do it again. I'm all in. I'll give you all I got this time. No, he's slowing it down and stopping. He's saying, no, Peter, let's push into this. Do you love me? I, wanna, I, I don't want to be in a hurry. I want to stop and get this right with you. Because he wants to be connected with the whole heart. That's what God wants to do. And he says, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And Jesus did know that. So why was he doing it? It wasn't for Jesus' benefit. It was for Peter's benefit. Peter's the one that needed to slow down and work this thing through. Maybe there's something in your life where you're wanting to just move on. And God's like, slow down. Let's work this through. And why not let him do that? He's not going to love you less. He already knows it's there. He's not going to throw you out. He already knows it's happening. He hasn't thrown you out yet. So slow down, open up, and say, God, go ahead and work on it. Let's do it. Let's spend a month here. Spend two months here. How much time? Just work on it. Work on my heart. Work on my mind. Matthew 12, 8 through 12. Going on from that place, he went into the synagogue. This is Jesus. And a man with a shriveled hand was there and looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, the religious people again, the Pharisees. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Right? So they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Is that something that we can do? And Jesus said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. They were saying you can't heal because that's working. If you're in ministry, then healing is working. You can't do that. And Jesus says, no, I can heal him. But here's where it gets interesting is the next verse. Matthew 12, 8 through 12. This is the end of that passage. Jesus tells this guy he's got a shriveled hand, right? He's got a weakness. He's got an infirmity. He's got something wrong with him. In a society where when you had infirmities and things like that, you were just a beggar. This wasn't like pro, you know, helping people with disabilities, right? This was like, if you have a problem, then you're out. You, 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 you can't measure up. And here he is. He's in the synagogue. He's with all the people, and he has a shriveled hand. And where's his shriveled hand? Well, we know that it wasn't out really in the open because this verse, what Jesus does to him, which is kind of humiliating, not very sensitive, he says to the man, stretch out your hand. So everybody's already watching because the religious people already made a big deal about it. And not only is it enough that everybody knows this guy has a weakness, and now everybody's talking about it. But now on top of that, Jesus says, do you know what? Quit hiding it and bring it right out here so everyone can see it. Expose it. Put it out here. In other words, come all in, unfiltered, with who you are. Let's put it out here. Let me see it. And that's what God's heart was for him. So he stretches it out, and he was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they could kill Jesus. Some people don't want everyone to be all in or unfiltered. Because it makes life a little bit less comfortable. But God's not interested in just a comfortable life. God's interested in connecting people relationally to himself and then relationally to each other. And the way that that happens is when 
we come all in and unfiltered and we're real with God and we're real with those around us. You know, what's going on? How, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. But really getting into that relationship aspect and connecting with people and being okay to struggle. If you're here struggling today, it's okay. It's okay that you're there. God doesn't want you to stay there. But the way out isn't to try harder and just to look better. The way out is to just come in with the mess and say, okay. If I'm going to a mechanic, I don't clear the check engine lights before I get there. Because I want my car to look good. Right? I'm rolling in the mechanic. Oh, I don't want to think I have a bad car. I better clear all these codes. I pull in. He looks at it and says, well, looks like your car's good to go. See you later. I drive down the street 10 blocks and end up what? Broken down. Why would we relate to God with our lights cleared? Or relate to each other with all of our lights cleared? We've got to be able to see where the help is needed so that God can work on our hearts that way and so we can work with each other to build each other up. Amen? This is the last verse. I'm just going to read that whole one again. Matthew 22, 37 to 40. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Notice there was the first one was to love God because he wants to work on us and get us in a good place. Not perfect place, a good place. In other words, a humble place, an open place, a connected place, so that when we connect to others, we see his goodness and mercy, and we can trade it off to them. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what we're doing as a church is really working towards being all in and unfiltered. When we talk about love God, love people, live like you mean it, that's, this is how it's done. Openness and connection. You know, we saw these people get baptized. That means tomorrow they're going to be perfect. All their sins were washed away. Right, Laura? If Antonio's mean to you, just tell me, because you can't do that anymore. It's over. It's done. That's it. That's not what it means. But it means that we're just in humility relying on God's help to help us along the way. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.